All right, let's do this. It's the Overrated Experience Sports and Sports Betting Podcast. This is episode 36, season two of this epic podcast and this franchise that's been around for what? Just over a year. Welcome back. Welcome back. And for those who just joined, you can join us on Twitter at Overrated E-X-P-E-R-2. That's Overrated E-X-P-E-R-2. Follow my comments, follow our guests' comments. Uh, just join. Let me see what uh, your thoughts are on the podcast, what your thoughts are about the latest news in sports, also sports betting. And that's what this podcast is. It's a podcast focused on sports betting and also the biggest news in sports. Right now, the betting aspect is going to mostly be focused on the NFL as we wind in, uh, down the season and head into the playoffs. Wild card weekend this weekend. So uh, don't be surprised to hear a lot of NFL today. Going forward, as the season winds down, of course, we'll have to expand and, and go into uh, sports like the NHL, NBA, some golf, and some other things. So stay tuned for that. And uh, wow, we got a lot going on here, especially, like I said, Wild Card Weekend and a few news items. So we'll kick it off with uh, some news items, and uh, then we'll get into what to expect going into uh, the Wild Card Weekend, and we're going to look at it from a props perspective. If you tune into episode 35, which is already posted, you will be able to listen to our picks on, on this weekend's spread picks. So take a listen to that too if you haven't already. And here we go. All right. So sports topics, sports news, couple items, one from the NBA. Uh before we get to the big story of what happened in the NFL today, which was Darko Rakovic, uh, Toronto Raptors head coach. If you didn't see this already, on Monday night, I think it was Monday, Monday, uh, yeah, Monday, no, well, Tuesday night, Raptors were taking on the Lakers, lose by one. But the story here is that uh, the foul discrepancy uh, in the fourth quarter where the Lakers received, or sorry, the Raptors were called for 22 fouls and uh, had 22 free throws versus the Raptors had two. And I think there was like a four-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where the Raptors had nothing, which right now, um, that's impossible. In the NBA, if you watch any NBA game, there's not a lot of physicality that doesn't uh, result in a whistle and somebody going to the line. So there's something fishy about this game and how the result turned out and the discrepancy in fouls. Uh, so I, I can't disagree with the way Darko went off. And what the funny thing here is, is that Darko, uh, as a coach, first year with the Raptors, he seems more like a, like a very positive guy. Things are going well. I'm happy to be here. And I didn't think he had it in him, his rant he uh, went on after the game. So I'm going to play a clip of that rant and we'll, we'll talk it through. Our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you going to explain that, that to me? They have to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back, it's a complete crap. 
coach, do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul, did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they they, they don't just want to protect us. Over again, they got 36 free throws, 23 free throws in, in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we going to supposed to play? Is this a, a one-off or do you feel that players in our team as well? Okay, so I, I love, like, this is an epic rant. I heard, I've, I've watched it like 18, 20 times. I love it. He's trying to be polite. At the same time, you can see the rage just forming in him. He can't even get his words out fast enough. And I, it just reminds me of a situation that I heard of uh, not too long ago where I was witnessing uh, an older gentleman uh, uh, in a hospital, uh, just, you know, in passing. And he was very, very upset on the way he was being treated, disrespected. And it kind of had that feel here, right? Like, what's going on? Why, why am I being disrespected? And he had used, he got to a point where he he was stating like uh, the following, like, do you know revenge? Revenge. Revenge. Do you know this word, revenge? Like, that's to the point where this gentleman was fed up so much with uh, what the situation was. He was at the point of revenge. Like, that. Like, there's no going back from my anger on this one. And that's where I felt Darko was getting there, that, like, they crossed the line as officials. And he got fined $25,000. But uh, and it's not a shock. You know, the, the NBA is going, and any league is going to step in once you, you know, directly criticize the fairness of the officiating and uh, criticizing the league. So it's no shock that he got fined. And I'm hoping the Raptors... Uh, cut the check for him because in the NBA, more than any other sport, there's the haves and have-nots, the Lakers and the Raptors. If you compare those two franchises, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and uh, Scotty Barnes uh, for the Raptors. And sometimes there's got to be a rant like this and a kind of a, a, a check balance situation going on when you have teams like the Raptors and some of the smaller clubs in the NBA to remind uh, the officials in the league that, yeah, I know that you want the Lakers uh, to ensure that win to ensure uh, they're making the playoffs, but let's 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 calm it down here. Let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Let's let's not get too ridiculous on the officiating and you know not uh, blowing open the idea that you're probably leaning to one side versus another. Let's just calm down. Let's keep you honest a little bit by having a little rant. So I think that helps. I think it's going to spark the team here. Uh, so Darko, good for you, buddy. And, if, you know, you piqued my interest uh, back in the Raptors, even though they've been struggling. But it seems that uh, it's something to watch now. So good job, Darko. All right, big news, NFL. Bill Belichick, uh, the news broke this morning that uh, he's parting ways with the New England Patriots. If you've listened to this podcast, you've talked about, or uh, you've heard me talk about the need for the Patriots to move on. Uh, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with parting ways when it's time. And guess what? It's time. Six Super Bowls, 24 seasons. 
The last couple seasons uh, have been on the decline. And the Patriots are in a situation where they need to think of a different direction. You know, player personnel and really take the next few years to really build up and attempt to be, become a playoff team again. And that's not happening. And I think Bill Belichick uh, recognized that. And there's probably more opportunity to look outside if he wants to remain coaching. And there's going to be hundreds of phone calls coming to his his way for opportunities, coaching or media or other things. So I don't think it's going to be a problem for Bill to pay for that next grocery bill. Don't worry about it. But he is, like I said, a six-time Super Bowl champion. In my opinion, in most people's opinion, the best NFL coach of all time, the GOAT. Uh, no question about it. And uh, he leaves, a, 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 think about it, he, he leaves six Super Bowls behind. That is a legacy. You know, he was all smiles today in his press conference, but Bill Belichick gone. And the funny part here is, like the high number, like the high uh, level uh, name coaches that also have left their post or fired or left in the last 24 hours, uh, along with Bill Belichick. So you have Nick Saban, Alabama coach, who was actually Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator way back in the day with the Cleveland Browns. Legendary, legendary uh, college football coach in Alabama. It's going to rock that program, to be honest. Uh, Alabama will not be the Alabama we've seen the last 10 years. Pete Carroll fired in Seattle. Uh, didn't see this one coming, but, uh, you know, he's, what, 72 years old. Seattle looking to go a different way. Who knows what the story is to why they're parting ways. Maybe uh, Pete wanted, uh, maybe he wanted out. I don't know, but uh, they, looks like they let him go. Mike Vrabel, I can't recall if we talked about this on Tuesday or if it did happen on Tuesday, but Vrabel out in Tennessee. And the weird story here is... Uh, that might have been influenced by uh, ownership of the Titans not happy with the Mike Vrabel Hall of Fame, um, New, New England Hall of Fame appearance earlier this year. And if, if the Titans really fired him based on something like that and the ownership took something personal and had their feelings hurt, then the, uh, the Tennessee Titans are in for some dark times. You can't run a franchise like that. You you let him go, and you know there's talk out there that they could have possibly traded a coach. This happened before, right? There's draft picks involved when you have to move a coach that's under contract. And Mike Vrabel would have sure have uh, have been a popular choice for many teams out there. So kind of don't know what Tennessee's doing in there. They may be sinking, and sinking fast. All right, we're going on to Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, and I can't wait, uh, you know, to, to get this kicked off. Now, the only thing that sucks is there's a couple games in here that have ridiculous weather situations, so you don't know what the hell's going to happen in those games. You, you can't figure out uh, if there's a ridiculous wind or snow. So, as we go through these, keep in mind Miami, Kansas City might be the coldest NFL game ever with snow and. Just a insane weather uh, report. And then the game in Buffalo, Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills. Weather is also going to be an issue, especially the wind, like 30, 40, 50 mile an hour winds. Uh, does that 
completely eliminate the kicking game, the passing game. What's that going to look like? I don't know if that's an advantage for Buffalo or not being at home. You are the superior team. And when you have a weather factor come into play, does that, you know, favor the side of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know. I think it may be, it may even these teams up more than we think. But we're going to kick it off in Houston, Cleveland, Joey Flacco, Joey Flacco. Back at it, the hero in Cleveland, office coach midseason. He's taken this team to the playoffs. And this is a rematch from a few weeks back where Amari Cooper went off and Flacco had a big game and, and C.J. Stroud was not playing. And uh, Cleveland easily took out the Houston Texans. But again, without C.J. Stroud, we can't really look at that as a, as a, real, a real measurement of, uh, of comparison. So C.J.'s back and a couple plays we have here. Wide receiver for the Houston Texans, Nico Collins. Over 76.5 yards receiving, minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh, he, he's been on fire. He's uh, the only time, the, the funny part, the only time since November 26 that he hasn't really hit those targets. There's two games, one in a bad weather situation against the uh, Jets, the New York Jets, where the Houston uh, Texans struggled, and also the last game against Cleveland. But that was without C.J. Stroud, so I'm not going to look too deep into that. I'm going to back my boy Nico Collins here. Also, CJ uh, Strout, I'm gonna I gotta go with the superstars, man. I got, you gotta back your you gotta back the stars. And his old passing ratings two forty two and a half. I know it's against that Cleveland defense, but I gotta like you know a, a guy like uh, CJ Stroud and his caliber to step up and put some yards on the board. And two forty two and a half to me is short. And if they're losing, he's gonna be jacking up you know long bombs and uh, he's gonna complete a few of them. So I think he'll sail over that two forty two and a half. Uh, with quite the ease. David Njuku, uh, Cleveland tight end, has been a favorite uh, receiver for Joe Flacco. And uh, he's he's gone over 100 yards many times. But my play with him is going to be over a uh, long pass rece- reception of 19 and a half yards. He, he's going to get a lot of touches. And he's great after he catches the ball. So I think 20 yards minimum here is well within his range to exceed on a, on at least one of these receptions. Now we go to the wintry, cold, Kansas City, Miami showdown on Saturday night. The Miami Dolphins choking the division away, losing it to the Buffalo Bills. Signed, sealed, and delivered Sunday night, losing to the Buffalo Bills. And the Kansas City Chiefs come into this game struggling on offense. Where do they get their offense from? And then throw in uh, cold weather. Does that help them, not help them? And I've, you know, on Tuesday's podcast, I took the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, minus four. And uh, I've been thinking over the last 24 hours, who does this weather suit? Yeah, of course, Miami. A team from Miami probably does not bode well in colder weather. Now, I'm going to make a few plays here that may not make sense, but I'm just going to kind of run with my philosophy here. So the way the Dolphins play and the way Tua plays and the way he's successful is when they have bang, bang, quick, 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 uh, quick plays where uh, he's, he's hitting guys out of their, out of their, out of their, out of their route or out of their jump, out of their cut. It's very time timing routes. And I think that can be very beneficial if Tua can get back to that 
because there's going to be a lot of it when the ball does go to the air, a lot of quick five and outs, a lot of quick passes. And this might be to the advantage of the Miami Dolphins because this is how they play and this is how they've played all season long. So maybe this suits them better to move the ball because the defender can't cut and there's a delay when they, you know, the receiver knows where he's going and the and the DB's got to react. And that might be an advantage for the offense, an offensive plays like Miami. So uh, let's keep that in mind. So where I'm going to go with that is Tua, I believe, is going to complete over 20 and a half pass completions. I'm not going to say they're going to be bombs. They're going to be very short passes, but I think he goes over that mark no problem. Uh, also, I have, and I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this in such a bad weather game, but I cannot go the other way and I cannot take the under. And that's, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill's over under for reception yards over 86 and a half. I got to believe facing his former team, he wants to put some damage on the board. Uh, will he do it in this weather situation? I don't know, but if there's a guy going to do it, it's going to be uh, T. Hill there. Uh, and also Travis Kelsey. I got to believe he's going to rebound after a couple weeks down. That uh, his over under five and a half, which would be a joke, uh, you know, at least going through the midweek or midseason, I have it over a five and a half pass receptions at minus 120. And then I have the Dolphins team total over 19 and a half. I think they stay in this game if uh, they get the running game going, that short passing game going. I, I, they got, they got, they got weapons. So 20 points. Why can't they? So I'll take that every day of the week. Now we move on to Sunday, Sunday in another bad weather game, and that is Pittsburgh heads on to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills uh, come to this game as heavy favorites. But again, is the weather going to be the equalizer? Will the wind eliminate, uh, you know, Josh Allen going to the air and having a, you know, a better advantage in the air than Mason Rudolph? Maybe that does. But what I'll tell you, though, is Josh Allen also goes on the ground. And his over-under for rushing yards is 38.5. And, and i got to believe there are going to be more Josh Allen played calls for uh, running in this game more than normal and I think 40 uh, over 30 and a half is an absolute target we can hit here Pittsburgh Najee Harris running back I'm surprised that his over under for rushing yards is still 60 and a half he's been tearing it up of late so I took the over in this one I know he splits time with uh, Warren but Najee's the the main dude and uh, I think he'll be ready to go, and he'll break a few long ones out. And I think he'll be in the 70-80 range, if not 100, uh, in this game. But uh, another uh, running back to keep an eye on this game is James Cook. Explosive running back for the Buffalo Bills. I have him longest rush over 14 and a half yards. He breaks one. He's gone. He gone. So watch out for James Cook's. Dallas Green Bay. So Dallas, you know what I feel about them. Frauds. Absolute frauds. But will they be frauds in week one of the playoffs? I tend to think not. And they take on the Green Bay Packers. And I got a few plays here. I got to go with the Cowboys lighting teams up at home. I'm going to say that Dak passing yards over 270 and a half, 275 and a half, he might crush it. And he just might... Keep going off if they start walking over uh, Green Bay just to 
show uh, you know show the media up who's criticized his playoff performance. Aaron Jones, pretty much injured all year, running back for the Green Bay Packers, basically tanked my fantasy football season as I had him in both my fantasy teams. But he is on fire and a go-to guy for Matt LaFleur's offense and Jordan Love. His rushing total is 71.5. I like it. I like it a lot. So over in that play, also another Aaron Jones play. There's a, a prop in there that asks or says, uh, do you think that Aaron Jones will at least have 25 yards in both the first and the second halves? I say hell yeah. I say yeah, hell yeah. Will it plus 110? I think he'll get the rock. If the, um, And that is also hoping that Green Bay keeps this matchup close and hopefully Dallas does not blow them out. Uh, that is Those are the plays I have for there. Also, in the LA-Detroit game, what a game, right? Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Stafford returning to Detroit, Goff against his former teammates. Big, big game. Big, big game. Sunday night football. But i got to believe there's going to be a big game for Cooper Cup. 68 and a half yards. I know that uh, Stafford can go to Puka and uh, other receivers, but I think he comes back. Playoffs, familiarity. I think Cooper Cup has a big game. I think it's going to be a shootout, by the way. So I've got some overs on both sides as far as receiving yards. And then you have uh, Goff, you know, over one and a half passing yards. Passing yards. I mean, I've take that all day. Over one and a half passing touchdowns at minus 114. I'll take that. I mean, he's off and on. Two, one, one. You know, if you look back in his, uh, you know, game log. Um, but again, I think this is going to be a shootout. And he might get this by the first half. So Jerichoff over uh, touchdown and a half. Detroit's uh, Ahmad St. Brown over 76 and a half yards uh, receiving. He's an explosive receiver. He's pissed off that he didn't make the Pro Bowl. And uh, I think he's going to be a go-to guy for Jerichoff on Sunday night. And I think he might light up triple digits for Mr. St. Brown. And another play to kind of close out the, the week itself is that... Uh, there's there's weekly special there's weekend specials on FanDuel, so I like these like these are interesting because it mixes in a lot of the other teams all together. What did it take here? It took Cowboys, Lions, and Rams to combine for eleven or more touchdowns. What do you think? Cowboys playing at home, they get stupid and start throwing up a lot of touchdowns. And if you think the Lions Rams game is going to be a shootout. Is it really out of the possibility? 11 touchdowns for a plus 135 payout? I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, it's late. It's Thursday. And I can't take the excitement anymore. It's time for me to head out of here. The pleasure's all been yours. It's almost here. Super wild card, you know, weekend. Uh, and what I'll tell you right now is the overrated experience is going hardcore this weekend, uh, betting these, betting the action. And I hope you do too, but on a safe way, of course. And be responsible. But the overrated experience is over, and it's out. Bye-bye.